I am now on Kofi.com, which is a platform that is completely free um, for myself as a podcaster to accept donations, basically. So very, very small donations, as if you were buying me a drink. Um, I think you can donate £4 or you can make up your own donations. Obviously, this takes quite a lot of time, quite a lot of effort, and I love doing it. But sometimes you need a little bit of a financial... uh, what's the word, like a crutch, I suppose. Um, I'm not expecting to make millions and millions of pounds from this, but it would be really awesome if someone could um, sort of help me along the way, I suppose. Obviously, all the money that I earn from this podcast, I put straight back into the podcast, or I actually buy stuff from my sponsors. Um, So yeah, if you fancy that, then it's ko-fi.com. So ko com forward slash Absolute Bedlam Podcast. And only donate if you can donate. Only donate what you can and if you can. I can't express that enough. Um, don't try to give me too much and then ruin yourself financially. That's not what this is about. This is just about me keeping the, uh, the steam in the uh, machine, as I suppose. Yeah, enough waffling. Here's the episode. Archie Soul Male Grooming. My main sponsor for Absolute Bedlam Podcast. I have been with Archie Soul since I think April last year, and it's been such a good experience for me to go a bit back and forth with Mark. Um, give him some ideas he gives me some ideas for the podcast in return and it's a really nice relationship that I have with him I'm very very grateful to um, get loads and loads of free samples from him and help grow his uh, company at the same time so it's a nice little natural thing that we're doing I've got some notes here, two seconds so Archie Soul Men was created to bring some of the finest men's grooming products from around the world to the men of the UK. Not male models, not Instagram filters, just the everyday bloke. We do not sell ordinary, we sell outstanding products made by craftsmen who care, and these products really do work. Products that will make you feel great at work and at play clean and fresh with every use so archiesoul.com is their website free shipping orders over 25 pounds get free shipping no quibble 30 days return guaranteed all dispatch from the uk and an array of excellent five-star customer reviews on their website for you to have a look at if you want us based products archiesoul does the rest right here from the uk let them do the heavy lifting for you Code BEDLAM2022 will get you 20% off your total order, except for leather bags and razors. Some of the products include Duke Cannon, Anthony, Walton Wood Farm, Ace High, Darwin's Grooming. Just absolutely incredible products, incredible companies. Just check them out. They're incredible, like I say. (laughs) I've said it three times. Beard oil, shower gel deodorant, wallets, beard combs, notepads, leather bags, anything you want for all the males out there to feel a little bit more special. 
No plastic, no problem, just a cardboard box for the goodies and environmentally friendly packaging for all of the safe transit. The shipping, like I've mentioned before, is incredible. I order stuff on Tuesday and I get it on Thursday. You can't ask for more than that, really. Uh, their website is on Shopify, so it's got all the latest payment options available. So yeah, look good, feel great. Archie Soul Male Grooming. Right, enjoy the episode and see you later. Hello and welcome to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. I hope everyone's good here in the UK and also in the US with Scott Middleton, who is the ex-guitarist of Cancer Bats and now a full-time music producer. Hello, Scott. How's it going? You all right? Yeah, good. Um, sorry, actually, I realized this is going to be shit unless I plug in some headphones because we're going to record your voice too. We yeah. don't want that, do we? No, that's all right. Okay. Sorry about that. That's Apologies. Okay. No worries. This is a nice peep behind the curtain for everyone watching. <laughs> that's all good. Okay. There Let me go. just uh, let me mute the the output. Go yep. again. Yep. Hello. Okay. Welcome to. Okay, keep talking. Yep, so I'm just talking, as always, just talking all the time to anyone that will listen. La, 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 la. Everything. Okay, I'm just going to turn off my, my monitors and then we're good. No problem. All right. We are rocking and ready. <laughs> Fantastic. Right, Perfect. so tonight on the show, as we can probably see, we've got Scott Middleton, who is the ex the ex guitarist of Cancer Bats, and now he is a full time professional music producer slash band mentor. So, how is it going over there, Scott, over the pond? Oh, it, yeah, it's. I mean, it's great. You know, uh, things are starting to open back up uh, post COVID. And, um, and I've got my recording studio that just opened um, just in uh, the last couple of weeks. And uh, I've been working on building that for almost the last year, really. And um, yeah, about a year ago, uh, my family and I, we bought a house in um, kind of like uh, about an hour and a half outside of Toronto and uh, decided I wanted to build a studio there. And, um, <clears throat> and took time and obviously like with uh supply chain delays and and everything um you know that the whole world was experiencing building a recording studio wasn't the easiest but uh I finally made it so I'm really really excited it's been a long time coming I was uh previous to here I was working out of a still called schoolhouse which is um in a town called Hamilton near Toronto and um and it was great um but uh, I didn't own it and I really wanted to have my own workflow and, you know, be closer to home and my family, you know, Um, similar to, uh, you know, stuff already going on with the band. Like I, yeah, it was just kind of like a focus where I'm like, okay, what can I do to, um, you know, figure out my work life balance and, um, you know, and integrate it. And yeah. And so far, um, yeah, we just had the first band in last week. Um, and it was an amazing experience. It, 
I was like, you know, just grinning. Everybody was like high-fiving and having such a good time. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, the calendar's booking up real quick and I'm really, really energized. It's one of those things like been so kind of like a little bit down in the way of being like, oh, this took so long to have happen. Mm. Um, you know, and I had so many amazing people help me I, that I wouldn't have been able to do without. And uh, now that it's finally kind of this dream realized, it's like I'm so much more energized than I have been since the start of the pandemic. So it's really cool. Yeah, I think everyone's feeling that a bit, especially in the UK, where they've basically just said there's a war on. So COVID now goes right to the bottom of the priority list. And mm -hmm. if you've got it, just go to work. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of essentially like uh, the start of this month. That's kind of yeah. how it all went um yeah <laughs> you know yeah it's yeah it's kind of uh it's sort of surreal isn't it yeah but um yeah but yeah so i mean the the cool thing is you know um aside from from that you know i've got like with the world opening up again i've got a uh, this awesome band from australia called haters uh flying over to uh stay with me for the next month um and we're gonna make a full length um yeah really really pumped it's uh it's been going good and i mean you know it uh, again like having something that uh you know i i built from the ground up with, with with uh you know my friends and family it's um you know there's there's nothing quite like hearing the first note ring through the speakers and it sound amazing yeah <laughs> and exactly like everything i wanted to and yeah yeah um yeah so pretty I, pretty happy about it i imagine it's like smashing the champagne bottle against the titanic and it's ready to sail off sort of thing <laughs> yeah 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 i got exactly i mean that there yeah. you go that's it that's it it's Fantastic. Uh, yeah really well, cool i'm glad that it's all working out for you one thing that we will get to is with you it seems like a through thread of your life that you are very family orientated now yeah it feels like Absolutely. you wanted to be closer to them and covid potentially gave you a bit of a decision tree for sure, for sure it did. I mean, I, I'd say it goes back further than that, though, about another 10 years, though. Um, so 10 years ago, uh, this literally just this past February, um, I lost my mom to cancer. And uh, that was really tough um, on me and my whole family. And uh, and I think that was a real like turning point uh, in my life. And it made me question all the things that I ever took for granted and the lifestyle decisions, um, you know, uh, and you know, what it meant to be away from home. Um, whereas, you know, when I would be young, you couldn't keep me home. Like I, I didn't want to be home ever. I wanted to travel. I wanted to hang out with friends and make music and be out all night and, you know, not care. Um, and I, and that's why I think, you know, being in a band and a touring band, especially just, it really spoke to me for like, you know, the, um, you know, the, the like previous 15, 20, 25 years of my life. It's all I thought about. It's like, that was my goal. As far as I can remember back in high school, I was like really wanted to do that. Um, and it became a reality and it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. But I think, uh, yeah, losing my mom was like, you know, made me realize like, oh, you're like, you know, we really have a finite amount of time with the people that we care most about. And, um, you know, and so there was some like 
inherent, uh, I think, uh, regret to to me being away so much and not caring. I mean, I think it was important for me to do. And, you know, I don't uh, I don't look back mm. at anything I did with with regret in that. It's just more like, uh, like if I had known my mom wouldn't be here, would I have, you know, maybe when I was home, made more of an effort to spend more time. You know, it was, it was a tricky thing. And I think also um, I remember going on tour right away, um, you know, like a few weeks after her funeral type thing. And just because that was the schedule and it was my job. And um, and that was really hard and really lonely. And yeah. it, it was uh, it, it, it definitely made me um, question so many things. I was really lost. It was uh, it's a dark place. And I think like, you know, uh, anyone who's who's lost a parent, mm. um, you know, or someone very close to them like that, uh, it's, uh, you know, they'll they'll understand uh, how yeah. hard that can be. And um, yeah, and, and I think that was, you know, it's it's one of those things that took me quite a while to feel myself again. Yeah. And um, and, and like and not not just a couple of years, like I, I really feel like I didn't truly get over that loss until the birth of my son. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, where all of a sudden it just my, I felt you know, with, with having him in my life, it felt whole again, uh, in, in a lot of ways and, and gave me, um, a different kind of purpose and, and, you know, testing, uh, responsibilities and bad habits of mine, um, you know, figuring out about, you know, you've got someone to provide for and, yeah. and really protect and, and, you know, care about their future, uh, more than my own even if that makes sense it's just yeah definitely so many so many things and then just you know kind of I, I think um you know that that was a thing and also just other things like um you know my, my wife and other sacrifices other members of my family uh were making to accommodate my my lifestyle of being mm. gone it's a lot to ask for a, for a long amount of time definitely and, and I think, um, yeah, you know, and, and anyway, so I, I think um, that that really, really gave me um, a new mentality shift in terms of recognizing what would be most important and where I was willing to compromise and where I was going to um, insist that uh, things never um Sorry here. Uh, yeah. Where, yeah. Like in, and, and that was, you know, just super, super important for me yeah. to, to, you know, never, never back down from, I, I think in the end, I, um, I really, how do I say it? Like, um, I, I need, I needed to have more control in my life. Yeah. I needed to have more control. I, I didn't want the outside yeah. influences of something as much as I even loved as my own band, if that mm. makes sense, mm. to to dictate of like when I could mm. uh, spend time with my family or not. And mm. and um, and, you know, I didn't want to miss things like my, uh, you know, son's first birthday to go play a show type thing like that. Yeah, that I got that, that was really 
really difficult for me to uh, process, um, you know, just one, you know, just as a simple thing, you know, and no, no hard feelings about any of that stuff. It's just, I, I think I, I, I felt, um, I felt like the, the new situation that I was in, in my life uh, with becoming a father and starting a family, um, it felt more important to me than anything else. Uh, yeah, but yeah. by far, yeah, like a greater power. Yeah, yeah, like a, a, absolutely, and and I think what what I kind of realized was that, um, how do I say this? Like, I don't think I was as hungry um, yeah. to go do the the same things that I'd done many times over again, if that makes sense. Like, you know, having toured so many of the same places and, and and again, I I just, I think it's because I've, I had amazing success and, and uh, incredible memories, you know, with so many, uh, you know, other people and my band and the bands we got to play with. And I achieved all these dreams that I never thought would be possible when I was young, I realized it all. And, and I think the new challenge in my life was, okay, like, how can I, you know, uh, be a family, how can I be a good family man? And how can I do the things creatively that I want to keep doing? And I, and I, you know, and as much as, you know, being in a band, was really cool. I'd always wanted to uh, be a producer and and record bands and engineer. Like all that stuff was really interesting to me, um, you know, since I was really young. And yeah, and, and it's something that I've um, never really let go of. And and then in the last ten years, it became kind of a side focus for me. Um, that you know, when we kind of like we used to like in the early two thousands, Cancer Bats, we would tour like hundreds of days a year, you know, not just, not just, Oh, okay. If you know, four months, whatever, a few weeks here, a few weeks there, a mm. bunch of weeks off, it would, we would be constantly on tour and yeah. that was amazing. And, and, you know, I'll never, I don't want to trade that for anything. That was, that yeah. was awesome. Uh, but as we started to have gaps in our schedule, um, you know, I was, which was good. I had time to explore, you know, uh, the production side of music and, and I, and I, I loved it and I wanted to just not, um, not stop really. And I wanted to keep going. Um, you know, I loved working with other bands and I found myself feeling so, um, full of like gratitude to have the opportunity to help other people in the way that, that like the producers and the people in the music industry had like helped myself and my band become better musicians and better people and uh, strong, stronger uh, professionals and in the music business. And, and um, that, that became just such a, a fulfilling thing that, Mm. that like, that's where my mind was getting focused more. Um, It was less about wanting to, uh create more of the same yeah if that makes sense i got i got energy yeah Yeah, i I think i felt uh a bit energized by the prospect of working with so many different 
types of musicians and styles of music, um, you know, people that had, um, you know, amazing talent in, in ways that I wouldn't, um, you know, uh, just wouldn't necessarily be inherent in my own creativity to write that way. But then I, I'm afforded this opportunity to yeah. work on their music and offer my own perspective. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, it's just such a, a cool scenario Yeah. and it's fun. It's fun. And, and it's just, I love giving that value to, to other people that way. Um, you know, just from my own experience. And, um, and, and I think I learned a lot about myself in that. And yeah. I, I think just similar to, uh, the, you know, the idea of being like, okay, uh, I've toured, these places so many times and I love it. It's great, but I'm 40. And what, what is the next 20 years of my life going to look like? Yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then with that, in terms of musical, like creativity, I, I think I felt like if I just sat around trying to write the same record mm. over and over again, mm. um, or every time I pick up the guitar, I felt like I was, um, it was not that inspiring and, you know, on top of, you know, having that sort of like, you know, it, it just, it kind of, it, it gave me a bit of like a writer's block with, with, with yeah. some stuff I'd say, like, I felt like just this, like, okay, uh, you know, and, 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 and then, you know, and it's like, um, I, I think one of the things like, you know, that would always kind of come up with, with me and the guys that was, um, you know, difficult was I, I don't like sitting by myself and writing music. I find that kind of boring unless I'm just in, happen to be very inspired, mm. you know, and, and there's always flashes of that. And I, I like that, but um, I'm not necessarily the person who's going to uh, write all these songs, just sitting mm. by myself. I, I like music as a social activity. Yeah. I'd like to, I like to be in a room with people jamming and that yeah. that energy and that creative feedback yeah. and push and pull in the room that that's really exciting to me. And mm -hmm. I think I miss that as like my, um, you know, as my band sort of like uh, moved away from each other geographically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think from what I'm getting from you, obviously I've only just met you, <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. but you love the idea of collaborating and the idea of sharing ideas from what I can tell. Um, and I think the days of being stoic with information are past us really, where if we learn a new skill nowadays, we want to pay it forward and we want to share it, don't we? Absolutely. Rather than just sitting on it and just being like, ha ha, you have to come to me now if you want to learn how to do this thing. Yeah, yeah. I can relate to that. No, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's just, I miss I missed having like a regular band practice to like write records like uh you yeah. know and 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 I mean I understand totally 1000% why we we had to change that um I I think it just wasn't as um creatively uh inspiring for me to yeah. to stop doing that like it just I mean you know the guys will tell you we, we we, we've had loads of conversations about that stuff. It, 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 it was hard and frustrating. And, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, I think it was, um, 
you know, one of those things like uh, in the end, like I really didn't want to hold my band back and guys that are like have been my amazing friends for years, like who are massively talented people. Like I don't want to hold them back from doing something that they, you know, want to pursue further and yeah. in a certain way that they're 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 you know, like they love mm. they love the way that they're writing. As I think, you yeah. know what I mean? Like in, in yeah. terms of just the the scenario of being like okay, well, we get together when we get together, we're sending ideas over the internet and all that. I, I, I don't know, like, you know, I mean, again, it's not the end of the world. It's, it's, yeah, it's fine. It. But I, but like, you know, um, with just where my life was at, uh, I just started going in a, like a quite a different direction. Um, yeah, with, with, with a lot of that. And, and then, you know, uh, on top of, you know, just kind of being like, okay, like trying to learn to be a father that's a really difficult thing it is. i really need to focus on this i really need yeah. to be there for my wife and my family yeah and um and we just bought a house and we're, there's tons of renovations and <laughs> and on top of that i'm trying to build a studio for yeah. my for my for like my future and yeah. and it's like it's hard because mm. you know um i think like uh how do i say it like I'm working on music all day long, mm -hmm. like with other, other people's music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and at the end of the day, it's like, when I'm done the last few hours of my day, I, uh, I can't really sit there mm -hmm. just like writing riffs till 3am. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. There's a saying, um, especially in the UK that you hear a lot <coughs> is the worst person's car is going to be the person that fixes cars all day the mechanic always has an absolute shit car because they don't have time to fix their own. So exactly. yeah. Exactly. And, and, and I know that having a, a good family friend as a mechanic, I completely mm. know that to be true. Yeah. You're just ringing off the <laughs> all day. You don't have any yeah, time yeah. to focus on your own stuff. Yeah. Well, exactly. And, and I, and, and I think, I think that's the, the thing for me is, you know, um, when I sit back and I, I think about, you know, what it meant for me to be, in cancer bats and yeah. be fortunate enough to be in a, uh, a band as successful, uh, as that, um, it, it, it was my like absolute focus mm -hmm. for, you know, for the first, <clears throat> I don't know, you know, <laughs> for the first, uh, you know, four or five records, whatever, yeah. um, you know, like that's all I cared about. It's all I, it's, I, you know, put it first as much as humanly possible that I was capable of. Um, and, and I, and I loved it, uh, you know, but I, I think as my life changed and as, yeah. um, as I was debating whether this, you know, would be the way forward. Um, there's just, there's other things. Um, I, I lost my brother-in-law who was like my, best friend and mm -hmm. um you know what an absolute mentor to me uh at the same time he um suddenly passed away and that was crazy my dad almost passed away in that same week it was there there was like a lot of a lot of heavy yeah, stuff like yeah. all at once and i was just like <laughs> how do i say like uh um I, I don't know. Like I, I, I recently just watched this uh, Stephen King miniseries called uh, um, 11, 22, 63. 
I don't know if you saw it. It's, no. it's about it's, it's about the uh, assassination of JFK. Okay. Essentially, like the synopsis, it's like James Franco's the the actor, oh, right. and it's yeah, like, I like him. Essentially, yeah. like essentially, he like uh, finds a way to travel back to the past, and he's on this mission to prevent the assassination of JFK. Okay. But every time, every time he gets close to changing something that's happened in the past, it's like the past pushes back at him. Right. Okay. And uh, and um yeah and and I don't know maybe it's just because I I just finished watching it and I'm just yeah. making this parallel. Yeah. That's uh, maybe far fetched, but it. How do I say it? As I was like debating, uh, what I was going to do with my life and whether I should you know continue with the band. Um, I, I think. I think like, I mean, even though I, I knew that this is what I wanted anyway, it was just all these signals of like, I've got to be there for my family. And if yeah. I wasn't already like, you know, basically like two feet out the door, um, like mm. it, if I was still in the band, I wouldn't be able to give anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it would just, everything would just be such a fucking a, a fucking mess and and Struggle. you know and, the, and that's yeah yeah and and you know and and that's the thing like as i was going through a lot of the the hardships of 2021 that uh, my family was dealing with like you know the guys in my band understood they were really uh you know i mean we're all friends it's it's cool you know Good. like it's 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 cool you know like i yeah. know you know situation's not perfect and you know in a perfect world you know the the band's like uh uh you know pinnacle lineup stays together forever it's just mm. i i think mm. i think for me I, I just i saw i saw like not the past pushing back but i saw my yeah. life and and in reality pushing back at me yeah. and just being like you gotta be there you mm. can't you can't not be there for the people that depend on you and and yeah. need you and and have already given me so much too um again it just it all kind of made sense and um yeah, fair enough in the end and uh you know thankfully um yeah thankfully nothing else has ha happened since and my yeah. my dad's recovered and um you know and i'm able to try to be there for my family and again just this other dream of mine's been real realized now yeah. with my studio opening and um and it i feel like uh you know my purpose is mm. is a lot clearer um you know and and i'm excited to try other new opportunities and keep working in the music industry like mm. there's um you know aside from you know doing the production thing and uh you know helping bands whether it's sort of in a management capacity um you know there, there's other things like i i, I want to start uh you know in the in the town that i moved in i want to start building the music community up here because it's it's a it's like a beautiful area there's loads of talented people and there's nothing going on mm -hmm. it, you know there's just there's just it needs some organization or someone to just wave bands this yeah. direction yeah, and yeah, yeah. and i i don't know I, i'm just i want to be surrounded by uh more music i may have moved away from the city but I, I would love to just give another place for for bands to go and and play a gig. So I'm you know I'm looking into doing more stuff like that, um, yeah. you know, and and kind of just 
I don't know, trying to do more community-based things, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, it um, does make sense, yeah. It's, 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 I don't know. I, I, um, yeah. So, I kind of go with the flow. I, yeah. I go with the flow on things and see where life takes me a lot of times. And, and so I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more, uh, uh, how do I say it? Organized in the way that, uh, you know, I'm going to focus on a couple of things at a time mm. and see, see like how, you know, if I can do that at, at like, a peak level that I'm like yeah. really happy with, you know, what else can I take on or what other directions could I, could yeah. I go um, yeah. before I step too far out of a comfort zone or something like that? I think but, you, you want to hit everything with as much energy as you can give it at that time. Cause otherwise you dilute yourself and everything's at 10%. Well, exactly. And, and I think that was what, that was the, that was the thing that yeah. I think really hit me. It hit me about cancer bats mm-hmm. um, in the way that I, I, I realized I, I would have to step away was, feeling like okay i'm not i'm not giving enough of myself to my bandmates that yeah that would like it or when they would like it um i if i'm going on tour and my mind is thinking oh i'd rather be at my son's birthday party right now that i'm mm-hmm. missing mm-hmm. more than anything how is that fair to the fans that paid the tickets to to our yeah. gigs you know like they want to see us give it our all yeah. as much as possible, you know? And I mean, obviously nothing's perfect and mm. people understand situations, but, but it, but it, it's tough because I've seen, I've seen bands that I was really excited to see and they've played shows that mm. I thought they maybe phoned it in mm-hmm. and it was, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. I felt, I felt betrayed if that made sense. Yeah. I do and, understand that. Yeah. Definitely. You know, and um, and I think like I didn't want to put put my band in that position myself, the fans, any of that. Like, yeah. And, you know, and I, and I just I like to do things with as much integrity as possible. Mm. It's like it feels it's really hard for me to to not be genuine um, and, and speak openly and honestly and, and perform and do something creatively in, in that regard. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and here's the thing, like. Mm you know, I don't rule anything out. Like I might, I might like, you know, in a couple of years be like, Hey, like I want to start a new band. Yeah. I want to write a record. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. again, it, it with like, with, with production and, yeah. and working with other bands, I, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm getting that satisfaction of, of writing and, in creating new records like every month yeah you know yeah even if it's just like like one of the things that i've been doing a ton over the last few years is loads of mastering for bands mm-hmm. and I, and i like that because it's it's this uh you know sort of a technical art but it's cool because it um i can still have control over how the emotion of songs are conveyed by uh you know the different areas and the colors of the the frequency spectrum that i'm choosing to highlight and and you know and bring out the best and what the mix engineer has already done like that that side's really fun to me and that was a new challenge um you know i never set out to be a mastering engineer but i ended up realizing i was really good at it and yeah having a lot of fun with it and it's it's those kinds of experiences like that Mm. that's what's just really exciting for me now you know yeah and I, and I, um, you know, I, I've had some people reach out and 
uh, you know, since since I left the band with such amazing uh, heartfelt messages and that they really um, understood. I don't know, they, yeah, they really understood or they, they thanked me for, you know, just music that was really important to them or inspiration yeah. to pick up a guitar. And yeah. I mean, I, what, like, what's better than that, really? Yeah, like, no, I agree. You know, that, that to me is cooler than than any like magazine article I could have been in. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know, like that was, that was special, you know, like as like a, Oh, Hey, you know, Hey mom, look what I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's, that's fun. But, but this is like, you know, that kind of stuff is another level. And, um, yeah. and so, yeah. And again, so that's, that's where I'm like, you know, one, okay, one day yeah. I'll, I'll probably create something mm. uh, again in, in, in maybe a band capacity. I, I don't know. Or maybe I'll just join yeah. a band, a band for fun and try something new, like play a different instrument, you know, Yeah. like whatever, whatever it is. I, I, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not uh, ruling anything out. I just, um, I just, I'm kind of shifting my focus yeah. in, in different areas. Cause it, for me, it's like doing music like this doesn't feel all that different. Um, yeah. if that, yeah. if that makes sense, it's just, maybe I sleep a lot better now. Cause I'm yeah. not, you know, in the back of a van or yeah, tour yeah, bus yeah. or on a plane or something. And it's, yeah and yeah there's only so much you can run on three hours sleep definitely yeah yeah awesome right so just from that the whole community thing let's kind yeah. of take a bit of a therapist's view on this did you feel that when you were learning to play guitar and getting into your bands for the first time that you didn't have that facility to be able to play shows uh at first i did not know uh when i was really young I thought I didn't know local gigs really existed, if that made yeah. sense. Mm. Um, you know, as I became uh, older, the first the first experience that I had of anything like that was like my friends would uh, get their band on like some sort of battle of the bands type yeah. bill thing. Yeah. You know, you, the the local bands had to sell tickets for the thing. You know. It was, kind of this like Ponzi scheme for yeah, uh, yeah. Young, young musicians, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, the, uh, and so like I went to stuff like that, which was fun because I got to support my friends, but the shows were lame. Yeah. And it really like wasn't, like, the, the other bands would always be terrible or, you know, mm-hmm. it was just, there was always this like funny, like weird, the idea of it being a competition. I hate that. I hate yeah. music as a competition. I think that yeah. sucks. Like, I think like healthy competition of being like, oh man, we just watched uh, this band play like an amazing set. Okay, well, we can't, we can't like uh, phone mm. it in tonight, boys. You know, that, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, that, that I think is cool. But in regarding it being like, I need to be a winner and I need to, yeah. you know, I need to sell mm. more of this or that. Or, and, and this means more. Like that's all bullshit. There's plenty of fucking yeah. There's plenty of like music to go around for everybody and enough space for everyone to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it wasn't until I got into the local hardcore music scene uh, that I really understood <coughs> the uh, the the DIY mm. um, you know mentality of being like, okay, well, if these venues in the city won't 
give us the time of day and let us book a gig. And then of course the other, the other scenario for us was um, most of those venues in Toronto uh, you couldn't even go to, or you definitely couldn't play there and have a show if you weren't um, over 19. Mm. And, and so that was the, you know, the drinking age and that was like really difficult. So the barrier would be, okay, well we would get um, local halls out in the suburbs and people yeah. would rent them out, you know? And um, yeah. And so basically that's just, and you just play on a floor half the time there just wasn't stages. Mm-hmm. And that was cool for me because I started going to gigs and I would see these amazing bands and like bands that would be traveling from all over the world and they would come play these fucking community centers and Masonic lodges and, and, and just yeah. absolutely pour their hearts out. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and they would bring tons of records and distros and uh, I don't know, like political zines and yeah. info pamphlets. And just my mind was getting like, absolutely like mm-hmm. steamrolled with so much fucking yeah. awesome counterculture and i fucking yeah. loved it like it was like yeah it was the, it was the best thing ever because i i mm. the thing that i loved about it too was that i was like this has been going on and i had no idea and mm. I, I just mm. was not connected to it yet mm. i wasn't old enough yeah it's like a subculture that you've just yeah. like discovered this like doors opened you're like holy shit <laughs> this is yeah, a, yeah, exactly. this is real well, it, yeah well exactly especially because like when i was younger the only hardcore I knew about was New York hardcore. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like sick of it all biohazard, mad ball, agnostic front, like Chrome eggs, all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I knew about that, but I was just like, but that's New York. That's yeah. America. That's this, that's yeah. the big time. Anyway, like, mm-hmm. you know, being a kid from Canada, that's like, that's 12 hours away from here. And that's like, that's a whole other fucking world. And I look up yeah. to those people as much as I do, uh, I, I, you know, like the guys in Metallica practically, you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. so for me to understand that there's this other, like very underground hardcore scene where everything was smaller and, yeah, and, uh, and local bands of, uh, of all different kind of shapes and sizes could get involved. And it was not about rock stars. Mm. There was no rock stars that like didn't exist. It was more just where, where we have a space to like, mm vent our frustrations from our teenage lives and yeah uh and um and go have fun and yeah i think the other thing too was that um i really liked it because um i wasn't uh i wasn't a a kid who was into like partying doing drugs and drinking and stuff like uh you know i i kind of felt like peer pressured into a lot of that yeah and i just I just got really fucking excited about music all the time. Yeah. I spent all my money on records. Mm. And when, when friends of mine started wanting to like focus on putting all their like money towards like mm. uh, alcohol and drugs and stuff to go yeah. like party, mm-hmm. uh, that was just boring to me because yeah. all I wanted to do was like go somewhere and listen to the new record. Like I would, I would, I used to carry around like a stereo with me, like a boombox basically. Yeah. And I would, I would literally, you know, every time I would see my friends, I'd be like, oh, check out this new record. I couldn't wait to like show them new music that yeah. I discovered. And mm. and that was like a special yeah. pastime. And so when like people kind of stopped caring about that and just things just got weird. I, I I don't know. I I just found like this crossroads and then I discovered this like DIY local hardcore scene yeah. that was just ever just absolutely like 
you know, of course there's, there's shit like that involved too, but yeah, it was just so much more culture focused yeah. and music focused. And, yeah. and, and I was like meeting new people who were just like really different than any of the people in my neighborhood. And I don't know, I just like, I just, I kind of fell in love and that was like, yeah, you know, the inspiration of being able to do a band like Cancer Bats, mm. um, you know, I, cause I had been in like other bands, like, like my first band that I was ever in was kind of like a, kind of this like, uh, like goth industrial band. Um, and I, I grew up liking a lot of music like that too. And so like, I didn't care. I just like, I played guitar and I wanted to play guitar in any band. So yeah, buddy of mine asked me to join his industrial band and I did that. And like, and, and that was like my kind of like first experience of like, um, like touring, um, in, uh, in the late nineties. And, and that was like, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and, you know, like an eye opener in a lot of ways, uh, of how hard it is to, um, to do something with a band where you're not part of a, of mm. a real scene. Mm. So like, it, it was like Toronto had this like ironic thing with like, the goth industrial scene where it was like there was like th there was like three or four goth bands or industrial bands whatever you want to call them um at the time in the city and half of them hated each other and there was there was like all these like goth bars <laughs> that would just like literally it was just djs playing music but they like didn't really want to have live music involved in most of them yeah and so it was this weird thing where yeah. You couldn't get it was so hard to try to get something happening or get people to care mm. and and it just felt like so disconnected and then i can remember the first time i like joined a hardcore band and the show was instantly 10 times better on our first show uh because mm. just the the open-minded the open-mindedness of the community in in the hardcore scene was just so much better yeah. and so much i don't know just it I don't know. It just made sense. Yeah. It was just like, okay, everything like I, when I would go to hardcore shows and I would think about trying to do a band in that scene versus any of the like general rock arena, mm. nothing seemed possible there. Everything seemed possible in hardcore. Yeah. I get what you mean. And so like yeah. that, that was, that was cool because it, it instilled like a fearlessness mm. where being like, we can promote our own shows. We yeah. can book our own tours or, or like, all we have to do is just meet other bands and, We'll help them get shows and they'll help us get shows. And then yeah. now they're all our best friends and, yeah. and we're just not going to stop. And, yeah. and I think like that, um, you know, was a special time. And I don't, I, I want more of that to exist now because I feel like mm. since my generation and the generation kind of just before, like I'll take it back to like the, you know, the guys in, uh, in Alexis on Fire really, like, helped explode the music scene in Canada, especially. But that time and that period in general where, how do I say it, like, the mainstream started focusing on the bands that came from those, like, local independent scenes and being like, hey, these are the next bands we're going to push yeah. and, like, get into the forefront. And, you know, that's going to become cool. Um, like, as that, as that happened... And what we did and where we came from became mainstream uh, or more accessible. Mainstream is not the right word, but more accessible Yeah, um, was, you know, and easier to find. And I think that's also because the internet blew everything up. 
Um, yeah. I, I, I think that like a lot of the local just like starting from nothing, like you're in the worst venue with bands with the worst gear and half of them aren't great, but when they are, it's so awesome. Right. And like, I don't, I don't know. It just, yeah. It, it, it just felt special. Whereas now yeah. everyone's a little bit more spoiled for choice, I think. And anyways, I just, I just want to see more, more, more people have, have that like drive where it's like yeah. i want to be able to do i, I want to be able to do this i don't have to be a rock star to do it yeah I, I can i can exist on a level like even even a band like cats cancer bats we're not like yeah. the like we weren't the biggest band of all time we're, mm-hmm. we did really well we did really well like you mm-hmm. know what i mean but like we're not like on the same like uh level as a lot of those other bands that like are, are friends of ours or whatever and that's fucking awesome who cares yeah who cares? Like we were able to make a living and that, and that alone was always good enough for all of us. Yeah. Like we felt, we felt awesome about that. And I, and I think like, you know, just being able to sustain your life and do something yeah. you love, that's cool. And, and and to me, so if like more bands would be willing to like give that a go and, and that's so many of the things that I see, I see now with, uh, you know, bands that I work with, it's, they show up and they go, ah, we don't know what to do. And oh my God, that seems so hard and so expensive. And like, oh, like, where are we going to stay? And how are they don't I'm like, where are you going to stay? Live in your fucking vehicle, man. Like, just, <laughs> just you know, like. Make like, it work. You're going to you're going to stay in the Walmart parking lot. You're going to yeah. like, yeah, you're going to stay in the hotel parking lot because you can get Wi-Fi. Like, you yeah. know, it's just like all these like. Yeah. And, and, you know, and there's a there's like a, a toilet you can use 24 hours. It's just it's one of those things where yeah. I don't know some of that like ingenuity and like yeah. resourcefulness that like we had to do just out of out necessity. of la- lack of a yeah out of necessity yeah. exactly yeah and, and and i i'm trying i always try to like get a little bit more of that into mm-hmm. the the bands that i help and and um you know i i like i really love working with bands that have a hunger that's just innate to mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. that kind of um i find that spark really really exciting yeah. there's a there's a band from toronto that that I manage called Napoleon and, and they're, they're exactly the embodiment of that. I, I met them and they were just so excited and hungry and just like love all kinds of music and will go to like every local show. Mm-hmm. And they're so in touch with, with, with like what's going on in, in, in locally. And if it's not, they're the type of band to like put on their own shows and book their own tours. And I, I absolutely like, absolutely was just like okay i you know like i i became like best buds with those guys and like helped them as much as i could and it 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 just like those kinds of personalities and in that those types of bands are just that inspires me because that just gives me that 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 energy that like you know my band had when we were young yeah. you know I, I can remember when you know liam and i would just be like okay like we've got a van let's go on tour who cares if we don't make money? Like that's, that's, you know, it's, yeah. it's about what we, what could be possible rather than like a laundry list of reasons not to do things. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just like taking risks and, yeah. and, and like, and the other thing that I keep, you know, keep kind of like instilling people being like, listen, like, yes, it's a music business. Yes. You have to like think about certain things like that you don't want to, you don't want to think about art and creativity as like a transaction 
and and like a way to you know make money or all the time or whatever i know that's not cool um yeah like there's some smart you know simple like like accounting things or economics and business that like pay attention to and like you'll do better because of that like i mean that that's great but like don't play music because yeah that's your goal like to make money like that yeah you gotta it's it's gotta be a passion driven thing yeah it's gotta come because, from here first and then it's go gotta out. come from here yeah and, and because people are drawn to yeah. honesty and i i really believe that most yeah, people can see through yeah. they can see through um things that are fake uh and and you know and dishonest and and i i just i'm just always encouraging bands to be like yeah stop worrying just fucking do it yeah yeah just like, worry about it afterwards yeah yeah get it out oh well get it out yeah oh uh, yeah, yeah just get it out go go play some shows oh well i don't know if i'm gonna make enough gas money to do yeah. and I'm like and i'm like i get it but you've got a part-time job mm-hmm. like is your bank account empty no mm-hmm. like i don't know like yeah it's probably worth it to go like play to a show um that's i don't know like four hours from here and you don't know if it's going to be good or not you know because it's just fun to play music yeah. on stage with your friends like yeah. if you can't if you can't like get past that like basic mm-hmm. point of like mm-hmm. hey this is good enough to do this because of this mm. maybe real reevaluate reevaluate yeah. your priorities you know it's like driving and, a car along the highway with an anchor attached to it and that's always gonna be there isn't it to make you second guess yourself and stuff 100 percent. Yeah. right i've got some fan questions so oh, awesome we'll move on to them quickly yes okay so two seconds my friend jim who's been on the podcast in the past um what does a band need to survive these days um you now mentor a lot of bands and what would you say is the top three things that artists miss We've kind of what just do they need? trod that in a way, but just to um, sum up, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, to survive. <laughs> I mean, uh, against what? Uh, but uh, anyway, like, I think, I think the like the main things that again, I, I really think a band needs to focus a lot more on their songwriting. Yeah, uh, most bands, uh, young ones specifically. Um, don't pay enough attention to how good their songs are. And a lot of people will accept that their basic ideas uh, in their initial state are good enough to just record and put on a record. Um, You know, I really think some of the best cancer bat stuff, um, you know, was put together because we uh, were methodical in our way of uh, trying to write more songs than we needed on records and trying to choose some of the better ones and went through a lot of uh, refining stages. Um, and we would show our music to other people and producers uh, and get musical input. We wouldn't just like hire an, engi- an engineer to record our band. Yeah, We'd hire producers. And if we, if we weren't like, when we weren't at the level where we'd be able to kind of like self-produce a lot better, we would invite other friends who were that we respected in our bands to be like, what do you think? Do you have any like suggestions, ideas? Like, you know, like, and, and we got some like really invaluable stuff that way. And, and I think that, um, you know, being open to that and, and taking in the criticism, a lot of people shut themselves off and, and they're Mm -hmm. too scared to like be vulnerable and have somebody 
critique the way they do things. But yeah, I think I think like my band would not have gone anywhere near as far as we did if we didn't have someone teach us how to be better songwriters and have somebody like produce our performances and yeah. teach us how to make better records and become better musicians. So like really focus mm-hmm. on a lot of that shit, uh, I think is like yeah. massively important. Um, the other thing would be um, in, uh, I, I really think it's worthwhile to in invest in uh, equipment that's going to last you while touring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, there's nothing worse than, you know, meeting the bands on the road who's like all their gears broken and they, you know, they didn't think about, oh, maybe I have to like maintain uh, my amplifiers that I'm using every day of the year uh, yeah. forever. Or, oh shit, maybe like, maybe I should like buy spare guitar strings or bring a spare guitar onto her. Things like that, uh, you know, people overlook. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately it's uh, there there is there is something to the expression buy nice or buy twice and um you know i i realized that a lot like where in the beginning i just bought whatever was cheapest i i think like you if you can't if you can't buy like the prosumer version of something or like the the like a decent price thing or buy the cheap thing and then modify it with good parts if that makes sense yeah for like people to like buy cheap guitars and put better pickups and hardware Mm -hmm. like if you can't at least do that uh i mean you're gonna have a hard time on the road yeah that that's like that's gonna be that's gonna be tricky um the other thing is uh and and this is kind of like more important than anything this goes back to the thing that i was saying about uh the competition uh sides of things A, a, a lot of bands don't um aren't friendly enough to other bands Okay. And, and they realize they don't realize that like, if they make stronger friendships with every band more, every band that they meet and all these people that they meet in the music scene, always like, if you can be as like nice and respectful as possible, that can carry you so far in the industry. And, and I, I really think like, uh, you know, uh, like cancer pads, like, like flew on that, on that like uh that method like yeah. for uh, most of our career and in, in yeah. a lot of ways people liked us uh and in and we had good experiences and we're always like polite and thankful as as much as possible you know um apologize to anyone we ever weren't but you know yeah. what i mean yeah. it's it's one of those things that like uh, today my my friends in the uk uh they're in a band called hidden mothers and uh, on uh, on Twitter today, I saw one of them write, I think the nicest band I ever met in, you know, all my years of being in the music um, was Cancer Bats or something. And and that, you know, I'm like, oh, that was a really nice thing for them to say, right? But I, I mean, I think it's just sort of like that basic common courtesy. I, I think of an example, like I was, um, I was working with a band and they had a, uh, a scenario where, um they were opening for a band that was touring from south america okay at a a local gig and basically the promoter hit them up and was like hey uh the band doesn't have very much gear can you lend them an amp and um 
some drums or something like that. Yeah. And they were like, you know, initial response was, yo, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. what, they don't tour with their own stuff? Like, what's what's wrong with these people? Like, no, like, I'm not going to let some, like, stranger, like, play my thing, my, my, my amp. Like, I just bought this, like, new expensive amp. And I was like, and they, and they turn around and ask me, they're like, yo, isn't this crazy? Shouldn't we, like, get mad about this? And I was like, no, no, you should, uh, you should turn this into a win for yourself instead of, uh, you know, a point of negativity. Because you're going to turn around and you're going to make a stink about it. Mm-hmm. And people are going to go, oh, there's the people that wouldn't help us. So they're either going to ignore you mm-hmm. or think you're a dick. Yeah. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. And here's the thing. Sense. Nobody nobody has to. You don't have to be intimidated in it. Mm. I'm just saying that you here, here you have the opportunity that if you did help them, mm-hmm. you become the person that helped them instead yeah, of yeah. the person who didn't. And they're yeah. going to remember the person that helped. Or they're going to remember the person that was a jerk and yeah. really tell everybody about that, right? Yeah. And and so instead, the guy was like, "Well, I'm not really that comfortable with somebody playing my new amp, mm-hmm. but you know what? Like, my friend works at a music store. I can like hire a decent bass amp, and I can, yeah. sh- you know, and whatever they can use that. And then the promoter was like." wow really you'd be willing to do that he's like yeah okay and then sure enough he he goes and does it uh band uses the amp and is like promoter tells the story hey like they heard you needed an amp so like they just helped you rent one and like they're not asking for money and then they were like oh my god this is the nicest thing ever and it became like this thing of them being like yeah wow can we like you guys are the best we want to play more shows with you like and so like here they are like opening for this band and they turned it into this thing where like the band that they're helping can't help but want to be best friends with them. Yeah. You know, and, and you turn that scenario into a win for yourself Yeah, yeah. instead of being the like, Oh, I'm not going to help them. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know? And, and here's the thing. They had no reason not to help them. Mm. They hadn't even met them as people yet. Mm. You know, be one thing if they were like, Oh, I just watched them play and they smash all their stuff on stage. I don't <laughs> trust them with my, yeah, with yeah. my uh, expensive gear. I get that. You know, Absolutely. we've all been there and said no in those situations too. But yeah. they were able to turn a situation where they didn't need to be negative into something that like actually provided value for others. And, you know, and it was like, yeah. uh, and, and so like, I, I really kind of like, like to instill that, that sort of mentality. Uh, um, it's like this go giver mentality and yeah. you're, 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 you know, you're just, try to be that that good person will yeah. go so much further than any other thing that you're going to do yeah. you know i mean aside, aside from like like you can get into all the the nfts and all the social mm-hmm. media stuff you want mm-hmm. but like if you're not if you're not known as a, like a decent person yeah. uh it's it's going to work against you and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like i, I mean the, enough. those those are, it's it's a lot of like basic and sort of like yeah existential kind of like <laughs> advice but really like it it's everything i think i so really we've think got it is peer review we've got equipment get good equipment and we've got yeah. network and help each other out yeah absolutely awesome cool yeah All right i've got another question from jim which is if you could get any guitar pedal in the world to do anything what would you want the guitar pedal to do for you to help you out? 
Oh, wow. <laughs> um, uh, I would get a guitar pedal that would change my strings for me. Sweet. Yeah, just to save time and never have to do that yeah. again. Never have to think about it. I hate I do, I'll say I'll say this. I enjoyed changing my strings on tour okay. for the most part. For the most of my career, it became like this, especially like in cancer bats, like it became like a daily ritual where I'd sit down, put on some music or a podcast that I love, and I would just like mm. that'd be like my meditation zone. The guys would go get coffee. I'd be like changing my strings. Yeah, you know, cleaning up my guitar, making it nice. I love that. Mm-hmm. But uh, now in the studio, it's like, it's just like a time suck out of my day yeah. for when I have to do that. If yeah. like, if I'm like, oh, okay, I need fresh strings on this guitar. And I'm, I'm that guy. Like I, I don't like the sound of old guitar strings. Like I can hear, yeah. I can hear when they're dead. I like guitars to have a, a sparkle and a yeah. twang and, yeah, yeah. and, you know, and that, uh, that new sound and feel like that's really important to me. Uh, but because I don't, ha- that's not a part of my, my day anymore. Yeah. Um, just the thought of going, oh, I've got a, I've got a restring, restring like four guitars for the next session. Yeah. Like that's going to take me X amount of time. Uh, yeah. If I could have a guitar that would just be a little robot to change my strings. Yeah, for, yeah. That would be fun. That's yeah. an awesome answer. I love that. Got uh, two more questions yep. and then we'll uh, riff it and go from there. So my friend Wizzy, who is the guitarist of a local band called Fisher of Riddles, shout out to Fisher of Riddles. Um, have you always been the only guitarist in the bands that you've been involved with, or have you had someone else to sort of parlay ideas off? No, like uh, actually, that that was the one of the main reasons I started Cancer Bats is because I wanted to be uh, in a band where I was the only guitar player. All the other bands that I had been in um in my life actually if i think about before if i'm just going through yeah like all the other bands that i had been in weren't bands that i started myself um they were all bands that i had joined that other people had like either had already going for a while or they had just started before i was in the band so i was like the second guitar player um and yeah in the band before cancer baths um that i was in uh that was it like I was the second guitar player joining and then the original guy left so then I was kind of like the main guitar player and then a second guitar player came and then that I I think I just kind of got like uh, a little bit sick of um again it just felt like a a weird competition thing if that made sense yeah in some ways and also just I, I think because Cancer Bats originally was started as like a fun project as opposed to this is going to be my serious band for the next like 20 years. But I, I wanted something totally different. I wanted to try uh, a very different style of playing from the other bands that I had been in Uh, on purpose. I wanted to like fuck around with the instrument Mm -hmm. a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I had like another guitar player Mm. and at least in the beginning, you know, I'm I'm saying like, like this, like, like if I had another guitar player that I had to like fight to have ideas, to have space. Like, I think that was, um, you know, something I, I wanted explicitly to avoid because I just wanted, I wanted my creative vision for it, you know, and I wanted to 
collaborate with the people I I chose to. I, yeah. I, I wanted that, and I and I liked having that, um, you know that uh, that say in things from the ground up. That that was the whole excitement about starting the band, and then when it took off, I mean, I think like, you know, both Liam and I had been in other bands um, that had done some stuff, and like you know we had fun, uh, but we both got really excited when people started caring about the thing that we were just doing for as like for ourselves, if that makes sense, you know, yeah. and it, it, it was, it was really cool that way. And, yeah. um, and again, I, I think that goes back to that, some of that like honesty of, of like, we were just trying to do something we thought we would really like. Yeah. And um, as opposed to thinking the other way, actually, that would be like a, a bonus number four. Don't, don't make music for other people. Mm. Don't make stuff that you think other people are going to like. Mm. Do your thing. Do the thing that you're going to love. Yeah. Because you'll do, you'll do that thing better than than whatever trying to chase a trend or yeah. or like or follow yeah. what someone else is already doing because you'll you'll likely not do it as well. Mm. <laughs> um you mm. it's you're you're way better at being you than than yeah. anyone else. And and so so I think that was that was it and and that that was a that was an exciting thing. I I think I found where uh, just like one last tidbit about being the only guitar player is like when we started the band, it was the first time where I started getting compliments on like, like the tone and how it sounded or like my playing. And that was like, Oh, that's inspiring me. Like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to work on that even more. I like, okay, I'm going to get like an even better amp, a better guitar. I'm going to like practice this and, and, and try to get better at something new. And, um yeah like that was that was a lot of fun and i think like there's like i actually it's like a really good um a really good like a- anecdote um i remember when uh one of the first times i saw the band converge mm. um play and i was in high school and i went and saw them and it was basically right after their guitar player aaron uh, quit or got kicked out i can't remember uh but he went and joined the band bane that he was in mm. uh as like a full-time guitar player and left converge mm. <clears throat> and i remember going up to kurt Ballou at the show and being like hey like um how come you guys don't have another guitar player anymore like you you know you you're do, you're playing everything just yourself now instead of like because they were always a two guitar band people probably don't remember that but but they were always a two guitar band forever and um and i and i asked him and he was like uh you know what like whatever like you know that guy's want to play different music and and that's cool um but uh i think the new version of this band is tighter with only one guitar player yeah and you know with with us playing the type of music we do it's tighter and it's clearer. Like you, it, it sounds better. Yeah. And I just went, I went, huh? Oh, that's cool. You know? And then, and then I thought to, to myself, like, well, what other bands do I like that have one guitar player? Oh, okay. Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. uh, Pantera, um, White Zombie, uh, just like loads of bands that were like really important to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, musically, I was like, I mean, I'm not a guitar God, like, you know, all the, all those guys that I just mentioned, but, um, I, I thought, well, why not? 
Yeah. You know, why, why can't, why can't I try that? And I think that yeah. was the the cool thing again about the like fearlessness that hardcore gave us just like, well, fuck it. Let's go for it. Like I, you know what? Like if, and that was like where we started experimenting with amps a little bit being like, okay, I'm the only guitar player in the band. People kept being like, Oh, isn't it, is it, it won't sound as full because you only have one guitar. That's what kind of like people were like negative about the idea because nobody yeah. was doing that at first locally. Yeah. And, and then, so what I did was I got more cabinets and I spread them out on either mm -hmm. side of the stage with longer speaker cables. Mm -hmm. And we did that with the bass guitar too. So we would have this big sort of fake stereo sound and yeah. people, people stopped complaining about that idea really quickly. <laughs> it was just yeah. more like, Holy shit. How do you sound that big? Like, fuck. And yeah. like, and that was, that was like, just more encouragement and yeah i i don't know i i think there's um i think there's like a, a lot of beauty in the simplicity i yeah. don't think things have to be like mm. more complex to be for the sake uh, of better yeah, 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 yeah exactly definitely. Yeah. cool so sam welch friend of the podcast again wants mm -hmm. to know what your favorite cancer bat song is oh that's so hard you can pick so two because there are a lot i'll give you my <laughs> two if you want Okay, let's start with your two. Lucifer's rocking chair. Yeah. And oh man, this is hard. <laughs> Why did I go volunteer to go first? Um, I think it's got to be through and through and through. Oh well, we didn't even write that song, yeah. so there you go. That's you a cover, the, but yeah, you did the Metallica thing of um, what was that when they did like two albums of covers? I can't even remember. Was it uh, Garage uh, Inc? Like, yeah, Garage Inc. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, yeah, that, that, that cover was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, yeah. That was like an impromptu thing. And it, like, I, I remember, I forgot who suggested it, Liam or Mikey, somebody. Um, and it was just like, I don't know. It was a, it was a random idea of, we were going to play in uh, the songwriters, this guy, Joel Plaskett, uh, yeah. which a lot of people in Canada know, um, especially older people. Um, and like, if you've heard the original, it could not be, uh, more different than, than yeah. the version we play but uh yeah i mean we just we always had fun with covers that like when we tried to do them uh they we tried to do them in our own style as opposed to just mimic the band that we we loved and make make it sound like theirs we would just go like that you know and i think that's why we had success with with sabotage yeah uh, you know, i was about to ask about that. yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah i mean yeah. I, you know that's awesome um I don't know. I think I was always like, as far as songs that I really liked, I mean, yeah, like, like Lucifer's great. That's mm. like, I mean, it's always so much fun to play. Mm. Um, but I, I'm going to like hold off on that one. I, I think like, I'm trying to think like what favorite rats is up there um, off uh, DSOL. I yep. really like that one. It's just like the riffs in it are just a lot of fun to play. And yeah, um, I, 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 yeah, just, a, I just think the song came out great. Um, and the recording too. Um, I, I mean, it's really hard for me to, um, pick what i think would be mm. the best but uh I'm trying to i'm just trying to think if there's anything off like uh yeah. bears that is really good i i don't know i mean like, i don't want to like cop out and say like hail destroyer but yeah like, in some ways yeah i, I get mean, yeah 
the song was just so effortless to write. And it was like, I got a new guitar that day and the song just came out the second I played it. Mm. It just like, you know, we, you know, like that was a lot of fun. I remember the first times we, you know, we had like a connection with the crowd and we played, it was just one of those songs where it's like, we were playing to people that never seen us before, didn't know our music and definitely didn't know that song. Yeah. And they'd be singing along by the end. And I just like, was like, fuck, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, like when, when Liam came up with the name, like, and, and the vocal, I, it was just like everything like came together so well. I, I really like um, death March off that record too. Yeah. It's really simple. Like, I mean, guitar wise and everything, but I think just like the, the lyrics and the emotion behind it uh, is is always a lot of fun for me. It, it's re- it's really tough when you've written like a hundred songs. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like picking uh, children. Yeah, kinda, kinda. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, there's definitely like ones that like I I you know where I'm like ah, it's maybe not like my favorite, but uh, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I think like uh, just any song that was like really fun to play live, like yeah bricks and mortar road sick was always cool Mm -hmm. um you know sleep this away or scared to death was was rad um i mean like newer stuff that we did like space and time or winter peg was cool um yeah there's like you know and then and then there there was like you know like and then then we like kind of had our like uh you know like on on searching for zero like there was some like rad stuff on that. Like I really like the song satellites when we would play it live. That was a lot yeah. of fun. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, Fair that's enough. the thing. Like I have, I have fond memories of like yeah. all of it, you know, yeah. like it's uh, yeah. you know, to look at looking back, it's like, there's a lot of pride in there. So yeah, like you said, hard to pick yeah, that's from it. your, from your kids who your favorite nice. is. Right. Yeah. I've got two more questions and I'm going to leave you to it. So yeah. Dave Gig, one of my friends, has asked what the weirdest fan interaction you've ever had has been slash weirdest tattoo you've ever seen someone imprint onto their own skin and show you at a gig or something. <laughs> well, actually, it has nothing to do with Cancer Bats and everything to do with my band before that. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, there, uh, there, there was this weird-ass... Uh, um, fan who contacted my band and asked us to uh perform at her birthday party (laughs) and um which we were like okay like or but it wasn't presented it quite that way it was sort of hey i'm putting on a show for my yeah birthday a gig it's at this venue which was like a community center which made sense to us because we played gigs like that all the time and anyways like we turned up and it was like literally like playing a gig to like uh you know like nan and granddad and and uh aunts and uncles and and like and like an awkward selection of like um like teenagers and uh it was really weird and here we were playing like like european death metal meets black metal like hardcore like it was yeah like we're just playing the most extreme music and like this did not make sense and um right and uh anyway uh this this person turned out to be a bit of a uh (laughs) unfortunately like a bit of a 
loose cannon, I guess. And mm. um, she, after the show, she got uh, really excited and kind of hyper obsessed and kind of um, mm. uh, in not cool ways of like, you know, just borderline harassment, stalking. Mm. Uh, and uh, anyways, uh, she would pop up at like, loads of our gigs and at one point um she carved our band name into her arm with a razor blade and uh and that yeah. was absolutely terrifying yeah like i mean you know i grew up loving slayer and uh you know and having the the record where the dude carved slayer in his arms um you know and 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 whatever and like you know you can it's it's like really like easy to laugh at that from afar yeah um mm. and like you know and obviously like 20 something years later i can laugh at this scenario but it was like the most uncomfortable yeah um yeah like yeah, i think like that was that was pretty like being yeah like okay this is this is not good yeah and this, um, this isn't what i signed up for no no yeah. uh you know and like uh had to mm. had to uh yeah had to you know just kind of put a stop to that and be like okay we can't really be nice about this stuff anymore like this is not acceptable no. um and and uh anyway mm. so that was that was one of the worst i mean i think there's like you know i think i think anything that like uh where kind of people disrespect your personal space and you know uh those kinds of uh scenarios where like people are really excited to see you so then they jump on you yeah you know like that yeah, kind yeah. of like stuff is never really that cool like yeah i get people are excited um but it's 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 a really weird thing being screamed at by strangers mm. you know what i'm saying like who are drunk and just yeah just, just like a little mm. bit surly um you know I, I i always found that stuff annoying um most of the time when people show us tattoos they're amazing you know like that's there are so many freaking incredible cancer bats tattoos it like blows my mind yeah um you know the amount of like money and skin people have de dedicated to like uh you know the the band it, it's the band, yeah. it's 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 awesome you know but at, at the you know i think like um that was it uh, and i i how do i say it like so many of them did it in ways that were not creepy and weird yeah and just very honest. like flat they're on yeah. honest flattering yeah. Would send us photos or mm. you know people would even ask us permission and be like mm. do, do you think is it okay if i do this of course it's okay yeah it's your <laughs> you know? yeah yeah you yeah. know i i always felt like yeah the only ones that like i ever like kind of felt bad about would be people would be like sign my arm i want to get it tattooed okay and i'd be like you don't need my signature tattooed on you that's yeah. like I, I mean i like and the other thing is skin is really hard to write on like because yeah. when someone's like on my arm and it's like sweaty yeah, yeah, yeah. and you've got this like you've got hairy arms sharp... yeah 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 like it's yeah, yeah, just yeah. not a it's not like a great thing anyway <laughs> fantastic uh, yeah yeah just have to, have to laugh that's about fine it. nice um quick shout out to brain stew podcast um who did a a to z um and you're in c you guys so i'll send cool. you a link to that if you want at some point um yeah. and i was on the i last week um and that was in me who are my favorite band ever so that will go out on saturday so that's they're called cool. they're called in me yeah my favorite band from the uk called in me oh i i don't know them i'll have to check them out 
Oh, they're fantastic. I love them. They're from Essex near London. Oh, um, but yeah, I love Essex. Range Stew podcast. Shout out as always, my boys. Um, and also, there's a friend that I know quite well uh, who used to cut my hair actually, called Kyle Davis. And mm-hmm. he adores cancer bats. He absolutely loves cancer bats. And yeah, so a uh, shout out to Kyle because I, I can't do an episode with you and not mention that. <laughs> what, what's up, Kyle? Kyle Davis, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So hobbies that aren't music, Scott. What do you like doing when you're not riffing and producing? Uh, I'm a big Arsenal supporter. So I, I love football uh, in general. I mean, that was, that was a, one of the like amazing things about touring Europe in general yeah. would be that um, I could, uh, I could go and, you know, go to different stadiums and, and matches, uh, you know, on days off, that was always a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, you know, I, I like, uh, I, lo- I love watching movies and TV and stuff like that, you know, video games, like uh, a little bit, um, reading books. Um, I love cooking. That's actually should say I'm a big foodie. Um, I love cooking and, um, and, you know, trying, uh, you know, new restaurants and different cuisines and all that, that kind of stuff. I mean, the food world is really fascinating and interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, that's uh yeah, definitely a big passion, but uh but yeah, I think, um, awesome. yeah, that, that'd be it. Yeah. Of course. Nice. Um, so last question, what I try and ask yep. all the guests, what does the future look like for the next sort of one, two to five years? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to focus on making as many amazing records as possible with, with bands, um, you know, that, you know, opening the studio today uh, or not today, but this month really has been, yeah just a long time coming and that's that's where i'm looking forward i I mean i just i really want to achieve um a lot more in that that realm and really um you know help people uh Mm. you know put on tape the like the you know the really important emotions that they need to capture like that's just such like a an awesome like journey in itself and you know that's just kind of my mission is just really like helping others that way like as much as possible and yeah yeah i don't know just trying to just trying to be a good family man i think like that's yeah you know you know looking forward i mean we spoke about most of that like that that's my plan right now i i um yeah i want to see where else i can i can you know let music take me yeah you know yeah that's um Fair you enough. know i want to i want to help other bands get get up to mm. you know the level that you know that cancer bats was able to achieve like that's yeah. that's my dream is how many how many more how many more bands you know can i help do that 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 would be yeah you know those are the goals i have yeah good goals cool is there anything you want to ask me or is there anything that you want to give a shout out to any gear companies any bands anything in your world oh i mean <laughs> yeah i could i could go on forever i mean i've already like named a bunch of them um yeah i mean uh you should check out some music that some bands that i've worked on uh recently um uh there's a band called spill your guts who are from uh, shanghai china um that just uh started dropping some singles for their new record uh that's going to be out on trepanation records in the uk um they're like a a black metal influenced hardcore band i think a lot of fans of cancer bats would really like it um there it's like 
melodic, but there's blast beats and there's hardcore and like really groovy riffs. It's they're amazing. They're like some of my best friends, incredible band. Um, there's a band from Canada called Junko Daydream that are um, really sweet. Um, a bit more like, uh, I don't know, sort of like screamo alternative rock punk uh really interesting and really put a lot of emotion into their music um i produced some songs for them uh they're great we're working on a bunch more material now um uh, i already mentioned napoleon um yeah yep. got some singles coming up with them mm-hmm. um I, I did some mastering for uh this really rad project called phantom lung which features members of uh the end in mare uh i don't know if people are into those Canadian metal bands uh, from back in the day, but they were amazing. Um, trying to think who else. There's, I mean, there's so yeah, many. I feel bad. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna like. There's like <laughs> gonna be people I'm, I'm forgetting, and they're gonna be like, "Yo, you what didn't." <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, you know, like, I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, shout out to Cancer Bats. They're putting yeah. out new music too. It's gonna be great. Like, yeah. You know, um, definitely, uh, definitely keep supporting them. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love more people to check out the stuff that I do. So, like, you can find me on like Instagram at Scope City, which is S C O E B C I T Y, or um, www.scottmiddletonproducer.com mm-hmm. um, is my website. You can contact me through either of those. Um, I respond yep. to all my messages and stuff. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, any advice people are looking out for, um, want to send me some music, want to work together, and make records, please please hit Amazing. me up. Um, there we go. I, I love, I love, uh, you know, making it happen. So, uh, well, yeah, Amazing. that's good. Fantastic. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. For, Thank you for having me. Thanks for checking this out guys. And, um, if you feel really generous and you want to help me on this journey of getting all these mental guests on, then feel free to donate to me on Kofi. <laughs> but I just get that out cause I'm skint. Right. Cool. Nice. I'm going to end the recording and then I'll speak to you in a second, Scott. Okay. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Hello, hope you enjoyed that episode. Just got an ad read from a new sponsor called Set Surf. So, Set Surf is a small British company passionate about mineral sunscreen and natural skin protection. Our range of sunscreens and creams are designed to protect your skin naturally without harsh chemicals which harm coral reefs and aquatic life. So, If anyone knows me in real life, they'll know that I'm from a seaside town and one of the most important things when you go to the beach and probably anywhere in the world, really, to be fair, is sun cream. And we all know how much of an absolute disaster it can be when you go to the beach without sun cream. So I want to make sure that people are using the right sun cream and not the rubbish, cheap alternatives from many, many supermarkets. (laughs) I won't call any out. Um... But yeah, this is how Set Surf is different from all that cheap, nasty stuff that will just about get the job done. So it's 100% mineral. We don't use any harsh or weird chemicals to reach SPF 50. They just use zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, which makes them perfect for sensitive skin and all of your kids. It's reef safe because we use no chemicals which harm coral reefs and aquatic life at all. Our sunscreens are genuinely reef safe. They're also non-nano. We use non-nano sized particles which don't sink into the deeper layers of your skin like you get with some chemical sunscreens. 
it rubs in virtually clear so set sunscreen rubs in very well without leaving any chalky marks or residue on your skin and they are also very very water resistant lastly they are packed with good stuff they contain kalahari melon oil argan oil and aloe vera to nourish and moisturize your skin if you shop the range at www.setsurf.com, use the code BEDLAM20 to get 20% off any of the products on their website. So that's www.setsurf.com and use the code BEDLAM20 to get 20% off of anything on their website. Right, another ad read coming right up. See you later. Made sure wax melts. What can I say about this company that hasn't already been said? Okay, so when you first walk into a house, one of the first things that you'll notice subconsciously is the smell of the house. So I've walked into houses in the past that have smelled of dog, they smell of damp, they smell of horrible things that I would rather forget about. And it actually makes me not want to go to people's houses because I know that that's what I'm going to experience when I walk through the door. Made Sure is on a mission to change that and make everyone's house smell as fresh and as natural and as lovely as physically possible. So some of the scents that they make are Jamaican Me Crazy, Pink Flamingo, Gingerbread. There's all sorts going on. Every scent for every person on the planet. Jack Frost. We've still got a lot of that from Christmas. Um, lots of deals coming up on the website. Uh, when it's Hannah's birthday, for example, she does a percentage off. But I am hooking you up directly with code BEDLAM20, which will give you 20% off of your total order at MadeShore's website, which is madeshore.bigcartel.com. That's MadeShore, as in M A D E. S-H-O-R-E dot bigcartel dot com. All one word, big cartel. Uh, we can take custom requests as well. So recently I did some hampers for one of my friends at work for Valentine's Day. I did that with Hannah. We went on a bit of a scavenger hunt around Weymouth. And um, it was a good good laugh, really. Good good punt, really. Um, so yeah, DM made sure on Instagram or leave a uh, contact form and uh, we'll get to you and we will try to fulfill your quest to fulfill your request as best as possible so yeah www.madesure.bigcartel.com for the freshest sense in Dorset and you know what I'm going to throw this in there as well you know it makes sense back to the episode Hello guys, got a new ad read for you from a company called Optimus U. Um, so they are a fitness and sportswear company. Um, they are an excellent example of how fitness and sportswear should be achieved. They are going towards the fully sustainable route, which I am well behind. 
planting a tree and all that sort of stuff for every purchase. So I've got this to read out. I've got Optimus U. We are much more than just a sportswear brand. We are a community full of fighters for 100% of the people, absolutely zero discrimination, and only using the very, very best quality in organic, sustainable materials made ethically here in Europe. Whether you're taking your dog for a walk or hitting that new personal best in the gym, let us help you along your journey and letting you become the most optimus version of yourself. Recently got these on board because I think that Luke from Optimus U is a fantastic example of a leader and lockdown has helped him create and develop this amazing brand. Um, and they are incredibly involved, they're incredibly inclusive, like I say, and I cannot recommend them enough. So give them a go at optimusu.co.uk. If you use my code, which is Bedlam10, Bedlam10, you'll get 10% off your order. And I, I just, I think they're fantastic. Um, they haven't put a foot wrong. Truly, absolutely awesome company um i've recently been given a shirt and hoodie from them and i will be ordering some more stuff from them very very soon so shout out to optimus you uh right back to the episode cheers guys bye